Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Engel, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. Most of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others. We come to the end of where religion brings us, and we get stuck and wonder, is this really all there is to it? True Face equips you to experience deeper relationships with God and others, moving the 18 inches from your head to your heart by equipping you with a toolbox of relational discipleship tools in order to experience the fullness of what Jesus made possible. And one of those that just came out is a four-part small group study called Divided We Stand, How to Love When We Disagree. It is an awesome study for your small group, uh, any small group to talk and and process through watching videos and then a discussion guide, how to love when we disagree. We live in divided times. Jesus has called us to love others, to move towards the mess out of the example and model Jesus taught and showed us, but that's hard. So we unpack in this study what that looks like to move into the mess, to love people. What does grace look like? What does love look like when we disagree? And one of the roundtable participants who I got to spend a couple days with in doing this study is a new friend, Junie Felix. Welcome to the True Face Podcast, Junie. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thank you for inviting me, Robbie. It is always so much fun to hear your voice, to see your face, because you are one of the most positive, encouraging people that I'm like, if I I need like a hype man, uh, Junie, you are like, if I was like, whoever has a hype man and needed a hype man, you would be top (laughs) on my list because you're so encouraging. I don't know how anybody could be depressed hanging out with you all day. You're amazing, Junie. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, I just, I'm just in love with Jesus. And that's, you know, that, that just gives me so much joy. I just can't even resist. I'm like a goofy teenager when I'm talking about my Lord. Uh, So super excited to be with you today. It's so contagious and so much fun. And we we're newer friends since doing the study. We got connected through Bruce and you are a member of the New York, the New York Times bestselling list, uh, BJ, Dr. BJ Fox, Stanford Behavioral Design Lab teaching team. You're yes. a C.S. Lewis Institute fellow. You're an author, speaker, podcast. You're a radio host with Moody. Uh, you have this passion and this gift and this eclectic resume and history of impact uh, nationally, internationally. And you, your desire in this this design lab teaching team is to help others transform lives and relationships with God. Uh, you're a leader in the church, you're a speaker, all this stuff. You've been married to Kai for 26 years. You've got two kids. You have this like amazing eclectic life and experience. Um, and so it is just humbling to come across your path because of how uniquely God has designed your journey around these different gifts. And all of that's like amazing and impressive, but I, I came in being impressed by that. But the walked away with just the contagious joy of your love for Jesus and how as part of the body of Christ, he made you that way. And so it's just so fun to have you on uh, this conversation to share you with my friends on this True Face podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Wow. You know, I used to wonder when I heard people with bios like that, how in the world do you get there? But now I'm in a season of my journey where I hear those types of bios. I'm just like, oh, well, I'll tell you how I got there. It's just God will open a 
door. Sometimes he'll just crack it open and I'll, I'll take a peek through and, and I say, oh, that looks like fun. I could do that. And then the Lord says, well, why don't you? So I just walk through the door and before you know it, the years pile up and you get those long bios. So yeah, yep. my, my favorite thing to share about me is that I am a super sci-fi geek, a woman of faith. I'm a distance runner, but I'm a joyful teacher, yes, of the science, models, and methods of behavior design. So it's just an honor to be here. I teach the science because I call it the science of love, and I hope we get to dive into that a little bit today during our time. I love it. The science of love, and at the same time, you love sci-fi. You're, the whole spectrum. <laughs> Just loving it. Well, uh, I just love I love life, and that's been a long journey, and I'm glad to be here at this place where I can say that I love life because it wasn't always that way. That's awesome. You're in Chicago. Uh, yes. are, are you doing radio right now? What are you doing currently on the ra- in the radio space? Oh, I host Monday through Friday, Moody Radio. Go to moodyradio.org forward slash Chicago, and you can listen live. But I host from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. Middays with Junie is the name of the show. And I just drop in bites of encouragement, and I call them moments of joy all throughout the listening day. It's really a blessing and an honor. You're such a pro. That that was such a smooth radio with Junie middays. <laughs> Shameless I, plug. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so on, on this conversation today, uh, Junie, I, I'd love for you to unpack a little bit more of a, a season of your life, something God's been working on, uh, taught you as you've been on this adventurous journey that's led you all kinds of places. Uh, what do you have to process with this broader tribe today. I'd love for you to catch us up. Yeah, I appreciate that. One of the things that we used to do on the morning show is we would ask, what's the fresh story of God at work in your life? I love that. And so the fresh story of God at work in my life is that he has given me an opportunity to share all of my gifts not at the same time, but in the same season. And I know that a lot of times in the journey of faith, we think about things, we kind of compartmentalize the journey, but God is, he's holistic in the way that he loves us. He loves us comprehensively and completely. So I'm in a season right now where God gave me at the beginning of 2021, I never get a word. You know how sometimes in small group, they'll say, let's, let's pray and ask God for a word. But I had never, ever received a word until 2021. And he gave me the word symphony. And that is what I've been carrying for the last couple of years Hmm. is the word symphony, because God, he knows all the ways that he's gifted you and he knows all the ways that he's created you to show his love and shine his light. But sometimes we can get so stuck on the way we think that it should be that we miss out on the opportunity to just follow God and trust that he's going to enable us. He's equipped us to carry out his good work in this great multiverse. So I'm in a season right now where all the gifts are coming together and I'm just having a really great time with it. It's a lot of fun trusting God this way. Hmm. Unpack that word for me, what you've been learning and thinking about for the past couple of years of symphony. Is that more, uh, yeah, unpack what that means for you personally, or is it more sure. of a collective, how you fit into the body word? Oh, well, personally, it is about how, like I said, I teach the science of human behavior through behavior design, and that's a comprehensive system for thinking clearly about human behavior and designing simple ways to transform lives for good, created by my mentor, Dr. B.J. Fogg at Stanford University some 20 years ago. And I just never, I've always loved technology hmm. uh, from a very early age. And part of my story is that I'm a complex trauma survivor, and that's the psychological term to describe those of us who are born onto the planet into confusion and chaos. I mean, there's abuse, there's trauma, there's drama. My 
my trauma started as early as six months old. So I'm a complex trauma survivor. I have second degree burns on my body from the time that I was six months old. Mm. And so been through a lot. And as I mentioned earlier, I never felt like life was a gift. I can remember um, when we were we were kids, I was like eight going on nine years old. And my father was a drug drug addict, alcoholic. My mother was sick as long as I knew her. She passed in 2015. But as a kid, the only thing I could count on was chaos and heartache. We were living in a homeless shelter um, because we you know we were homeless and those were those were days where we would hear things like life is a gift and i can remember being nine years old living in a homeless shelter and saying well did this god keep the receipt because this is not a gift you know so i've been through a lot um in my in my growing years that caused me to feel like that if life is anything it's just unfair and it's just a you know a cruel joke but meeting the lord changed everything about that for me. And so when I think about my journey and the word symphony, along the way, as I was learning more and more about who I am and why God made me and how he designed me, I never thought there would be a time in my life where all of my gifts and interests would come together in the one place. Mm. And it was also during that time of homelessness, Robbie, that my mom, she did manage to keep us in school during those hard times. And that was when I remember the first time I sat in front of that Apple IIe computer. Do you remember those? No. And oh my gosh, yes, the Apple IIe computer. I inserted that floppy disk and I loaded up my wagon to conquer the quest of the Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. And I was, yeah, I was about nine years old and we were homeless at the time, but we were still in school. And I remember sitting in front of that Apple IIe computer and going, I have to find out how this works. Mm. I mean, because that's how God made me. He made me with this curiosity to discover the inner workings of all things. And so even at that age, I did not know God or anything about Jesus, but I knew I wanted to find out how the technology worked. And I wanted to find out how human beings work and how our minds work. So I developed a love for technology and an interest in the way things work at a very early age. And so I thought, you know, when I went to college, my first major was computer programming and systems design, because I knew that I was not, when I grew up, I was like, there's got to be a better way to be an adult on this planet. When I grow up, I am not going to be broke and I'm going to enjoy my life. And so I thought, wow, you know, what a great career to be in is systems design, computer programming. And then as I got older, the Lord called me into broadcasting Hmm. and (laughs) I was working at a bank at the time. And I remember I was listening to the radio on the way in Christian radio uh, for the first time. And I heard the morning show host. And I remember I reached a point in my relationship where I just talked to God all the time. I still do that. And I said, that sounds fun. I could do that. And I heard the Lord say, well, why don't you? Hmm. So I went and I applied on my lunch break at the local Christian radio station. And six months later, they had me on the air. So that's how I got into broadcasting and away from technology. But the love was still there. Hmm. So I kept up with my tech, my love of technology. I kept up with my studies, had the chance to study directly in person with one of my favorite professors at Stanford, which is how I got into behavior design. So now here I am hosting radio and this technology information is all here and I'm still loving it. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, well, I'm going to show you how you can do, do it all. (laughs) And he started opening up doors and I just started walking through. And so here I am a technologist teaching the science of human behavior, behavior design, but also still hosting radio. So that's a symphony right there. That's so helpful for me as a friend to understand like the thread line of God's design and how he's 
put you because that statement you said of like discover the inner workings of all things from mm-hmm. technology to the psychological behavioral approach of yes. in, in behavioral design, like the understanding the inner workings of the person coupled with the understanding the, the theological underpinnings of our faith in, in your biblical understanding and teaching and in the technology side uh, of which then you just have a gift of communication of which all those things can come out and you can process those things uh, at a degree because you think about them so much. Uh, That's awesome. That makes so much sense. How'd you, how'd you, uh, when did you become a believer with your um, traumatic upbringing um, and, and that pivot into life wasn't a gift? Did that shift when you became believer? Has that been a progressive deepening understanding of seeing life as a gift? My mother, even though she was, like I said, she was sick as long as I knew her. One of the things I remember from early years was that anytime something good happened, she would thank God. So she had faith. And that was the seeds that were first sown into my journey. But when we were homeless, we lived in a shelter where the Jehovah's Witnesses, they would come every weekend and they would read Bible stories to us. And the the, the time when I responded, you know, did this God keep the receipt was because we were having a Bible study lesson with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And she just kept saying that, Junie, don't you know your life is a gift? Your life is a gift. And I'm like, we're in a homeless shelter and my life is a wreck. So I don't know what you're talking about, but I just had those seeds that were sown early in my journey. And I've always worked hard. I've worked since I was 14 years old and I'm not talking about to buy lip gloss and Mm Coca-Cola. I'm working to pay bills, keep lights on, keep food for my siblings and I. And so in high school, I went to school half the day and the other half the day I worked Mm. to help take care of my family. And I carpooled with a woman and her name was Linda Jarvis. You see, I never forget her name. I can still smell her perfume when I think about her because she was driving that carpool. And I remember there was one day I'm 17. She drops me off at the house and she parks the car and she says, Junie, I have something for you. I know you like to read. And this is a Bible that I want to give you. And I think it will help you to understand the truth about your worth. And I can remember being 17 and going, well, yeah, I do love to work. I do love to read. I'll take this Bible. And I started reading it and I just couldn't put it down. Mm. And I read page after page and I started realizing that life really is a gift. The one who made the multiverse also made me. And I, he has a plan for my life. And page after page I read, I mean, Psalm 27, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. This God that I fell in love with through the pages of his word just just caught me, caught my heart. And I'll tell you the simplicity of it is that I believed, Robbie, I believed. And our God is a systems guy, which worked perfectly with the way that my mind works. I mean, if you look at Romans 8, and it talks about how God's, the invisible manifestations of the will of God are systematically carried carried out across the great multiverse, he's a systems guy. So the stuff that I was reading in the scriptures made sense to me. And then I got to the gospels and I met Jesus. Mm. And as I read through the Gospels, I started remembering that all through my journey from as early as age five and up, I was having conversations with what I thought was my little stuffed raccoon. And I would talk to this little raccoon and it would respond and I would just feel loved and I would feel valued. As I got to the Gospels and the scriptures, I remember setting the Bible down and looking up and going, oh, it's you. Mm. And then I never looked back. Mm. Robbie, I believed and I followed Jesus to this day. He's the best part of my life. Amen. That, uh, the, the, we hear that our father is a father of reconciliation and restoration. Um, as a 
complex trauma survivor. Uh, Unpack a little bit about how, uh, what that's looked like in your faith journey from like traumatic, difficult upbringings to now I have experienced a love and a relationship with this loving father in late late teenage years. And since then, what what is that healing journey look like for you? Uh, it, was it instantaneous or was it a progress like an instantaneous base of which you've worked on it since then? Unpack for us some of the journey of healing. I'm so glad that we're here at this point in the conversation because this is this is the place where I think we really need to be because mm. as part of that symphony, I never thought that the Lord would use the hardest parts of my life, the things that are so hard to share and to think about and remember. I never imagined that the Lord would use those to encourage so many people. I mean, I was invited to write this book, You Are Worth the Work, Moving Forward from Trauma to Faith, and it was all God's idea. It wasn't anything that I pursued. It was an invitation that I accepted and walked through the door. And it's good to understand what trauma means because we hear a lot about it. A recent study by My Faith on the Journey Christian Counseling revealed that 77% of adults have had some sort of a, a traumatic experience in life. And trauma, by definition, the best way to understand it is that it's a deep wound of your soul, a deep wound of the soul that hurts and affects every relationship and every part of your life. So meeting Jesus, reading the word, believing the word, caused me to find out that there were a lot of lies that I was believing about my worth and value in this world. And I had a safe place now that I could go. I could go to the Lord in prayer. I could talk with other believers as I grew in my knowledge of the family of faith, my amazing, beautiful family of faith. I could talk to other believers about this God who says he's loved me with an everlasting love, which was one of my first memory verses when I was a teenager. That's Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And when you come from a background where you don't know what love is, and you've never experienced true, safe love, and you have the maker of the multiverse telling you, I love you. Before you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and I created you to love you and know you and be with you forever. So my trauma recovery journey is a lifelong journey. There are some of us, Robbie, there are some things that happen in life that are so bad, incomprehensibly bad, abuse of children by their parents. You could, you could make a list. There are some things that happen in life that are so bad that nothing and no one can make them right. But God, Jesus can make things new. So I have been on a healing journey my entire life. And I cannot say, like the Apostle Paul says, not that I can say that I have arrived. I'm still on this healing journey. The echoes of that kind of trauma, they run deep. And we have to decide if we're going to let our identity be rooted in our trauma, or are we going to let our identity be rooted in the truth about how God sees us and loves us? That's a choice that we have to make as trauma survivors. Ah, rewind that 30 seconds if you're listening to this. Are we going to choose? There's a choice that Jesus makes possible that we get to believe in. Are we going to let our identity be rooted in the trauma or in the truth? of yes. made new creations. And it, even how you unpack that for a minute about uh, 77% of adults have trauma, which is a deep wound of uh, that of our soul that affects all of our relationships. The, yes. the effect, the spillover of the trauma connected to lies and hurt and pain is it breaks relationships, which is sin. I love the definition of sin is anything that breaks relationships. Well, tr- yes. trauma and sin affects the relationships and you're saying the worth and the value 
made new in Christ as a new identity is the foundation to help us repair, recover those relationships and move towards love. That articulation was so clean and encouraging to me. I appreciate Because a hundred percent of us uh, have, a, have, 77% of us have effect, have trauma in our lives and 100% of us have micro traumas or breakdowns in relationships that do the same thing that affect relationships and uh, affect all of our relationships by walls, by shame, by whatever else. And yes. this journey of maturity is so interconnected with what you just articulated of a journey towards moving towards love built on a foundation of new identity of worth and value. Amen. Yes. To that. Thank you. So, and go ahead. I was going to say with my book that launched recently on trauma recovery and faith, I get this question a lot. Do you do you thank God? Do you believe that God let you go through all that stuff so he could lead you to your calling? And that question just blows my mind. It's so odd. Hmm. My immediate answer is always absolutely not. God is the source of all that's good and right and true in this world. My trauma and my abusers did me no favors, did me no good. I was led into this season of my journey that many people will call a calling by the love of God. It's the love and the kindness and the faithfulness of God that leads us into our assignment because we have the same calling. We're called to love the Lord our God with heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. You and I have the same calling, but our assignments are different. So no, my trauma, my abusers did me no good, but the love of God is what gave me superpowers and rocket fuel to find out that yes, life is a gift. And you know what? This adventure is grand and great and I'm in it to win it. Amen. Uh, and, and it is a lifelong journey, which is why we need yeah. is grace anew every day. And it's like, and it would almost be disappointing if we could arrive there and be done because we, we have, we would be missing the next layer of experiencing his love. We, we always mm -hmm. have longings, which are not something to be annoyed by, but something to celebrate that there's a yes. new thing that he's teaching me on this journey of believing more fully, trusting more deeply, experiencing his grace and love more deeply. And so even that question you, you said at the beginning, fresh story of what God is at work in your life, uh, that's an ongoing deepening process. And we were yes. talking earlier about what that's looked like for you. Cause you were encouraging me even over the past couple of years in different ways of worth unpack that a little bit. Like, what does that look like? The fresh story, what that looks like currently or, or recently in your life, even through the therapy that you did yes. um, of mm -hmm. pressure and carrying expectations of what God's given you. <laughs> yes. And I, you said the therapy that I did, the therapy that I do, when you have the kind of trauma that I come from, you just accept that part of your journey is having a PTSD trained trauma therapist to guide you in the journey. I still have a therapist to guide me in my journey because the echoes of that trauma, they run deep. Yep. And you have to have a team. It's good to have a team. I really feel like everybody needs to be on somebody's couch because you got to get to the root of the lies that you're believing that are creating the toxic habits and behaviors, relational habits that are overflowing into your journey. And so I'm still in the journey and I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, where we and the book, the front of my book, it's dedicated. I'm going to have to look here to make sure I get it right. I dedicated my book to all of my fellow mutants, misfits and ragamuffins. 
Come on. That's the dedication. Come on. Because we sit at the edges of the pews and we hear all this cheering and these great things about God and how all the, the, the lies of the prosperity gospel. And we're like, wait a minute now. Some of us were born into a situation that is so far from what you're preaching. But if you keep on leaning into the Lord, he will manifest himself to you in ways you never expect. And you can experience the joy of the Lord that overflows into every area of life. And it's back to that identity factor that if you identify with your trauma, this is a good exercise to do, really practical. Get a journal, voice recorder, whatever it is that works best for you, and get with God and imagine who you are without your trauma. Mm. If you cannot imagine who you are without your trauma, then that means you have an identity rooted in that traumatic story. And it's time to take the first steps to move forward in healing because God's will for you and me is to be well. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. Mental health is a part of your holistic health. So you have to lean into that. And one of the recent lies that I, that brought, that the Lord has been helping me with just in the last couple months, Robbie, is I had a root lie of never good enough. Mm. In my growing years, I was told on a regular basis, not in my growing years, into my adult years, my mother passed in 2015, I was told from the, the mother tongue that my best was not good enough because I would say, but I did my best. And the immediate response was always that your best isn't good enough. Mm. And so just in the last couple of months, even, I've been doing work on unraveling that lie. And in behavior design, that's what we say. You're unraveling a bad habit. You're unraveling a bad emotional and cognitive lie that's creating harm in your journey. So get with God and start doing the wildly courageous work that's necessary to move past the pain of your trauma and discover incrementally systems design. You know, the technology that we use is billions of code but they're all coded one keystroke at a time. So I often say that trauma is bad code. Mm. Get with God and start designing some new lines of code, creating some new neural pathways so that you can experience freedom and joy in Christ. I love that. I, I've been processing something similar of the, like Psalm 139, <clears throat> excuse me, search me, oh God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So these pings of anxiety or anything not peace and freedom are indicators yeah. of a miss that God has something to meet in me that I'm missing out on. And I've been feeling through breathing, like I've been struggling with that, like uh, how to release expectations to God more fully and consistently in my life, because I've been carrying pressure uh, of expectation um, of potential. I'm such a high drive, high achiever. Uh, yeah. but, but it, my pride leads me to control outcomes and therefore carry expectations and therefore yes. releasing that to God. He's going, Robbie, thanks, bud. I got this. Like my yoke is easy and my burden is light because, because yes. <laughs> you can trust me deeply with those outcomes and expectations. I know that truth cerebrally, but I still carry the anxiety, which points to me an opportunity for me to believe that more fully and mm -hmm. what you're saying in that, like, am I enough? I think it's connected to that because it's easier for me to keep working. It, it, it's, it's, it's something in there that has a lie and yeah. what you're saying for all of us, this is our normal maturing process. There are lies and we will spend yes. our entire life finding and asking the spirit to reveal truth in us. And sometimes Oftentimes, that should come through the wisdom and objectivity of others in our life, which, mm -hmm. 
you're, <laughs> which is humility to surrender to the insights of both God and others in areas of control where my fist is closed. And how you just articulated that and, and said, uh, we all need to be on somebody's couch and have a team. Amen, <laughs> Junie. Because there's lies. The evil one doesn't have any new tricks. He's got lies, and we believe those lies and spend our whole lives replacing those lies with truth. And that takes a team because we can't do that subjectively. We need some objectivity. Uh, Counselor, spiritual director, mentor, Mm -hmm. friends, family, all of which are untapped without a posture of humility, which you model so beautifully, Junie. Oh, well, thank you. One of the things that I help other trauma survivors to understand is that if you want to make it to the other side of your trauma, what you've got to do, other side of the lies and the sorrow, you want to make it to the Mm. other side of the sorrow, you've got to armor up. You know, we know the armor of God, armor up and know that God's got you. You got to train hard. This is the do the work, the wildly courageous work. You got to learn your gifts. And here's the spotlight here. Trust your allies. Mm. You got to trust your allies. And God has positioned people all around you to guide you in the healing journey. It's brave work, but it's always worth it. You know, you're worth the work. And something else that I heard as you were sharing there, and I really appreciate your transparency, Robbie, because I think one of the biggest lies of the enemy that I saw in the scriptures as a teenager and have really held on to in the whole journey is that we think that God is going to give us more. But I can't find anywhere in the scriptures. I mean, if you look at Hebrews 11, for example, Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. Pin that to your heart, pin that to your mind and look for that pattern in the scriptures. God's not going to give you the next step. He's going to give you just what you need for right now. It's Mm. a light for your feet and a lamp for your path. And sometimes we get so arrogant. You said pride. I mean, I've been, I'm in that, you know, I deal with that. We get so prideful. We think, God, you need to tell me more so that I can plan the next step, but he's never going to give you the next step. He wants you to see who he is in this moment in your journey. And only when you appreciate God and love him like that, be fully present with God. Talk about love. Be fully present with God and fully honest with God. He will reveal more and more of himself to you because this is eternal life, right? Jesus said to know you and the one that you've sent. That's eternal life. So the treasure of life is just hanging out and spending time with God. And then all of a sudden you realize you're moving forward and you are really surrendering all outcomes to him. Hanging out and spending time with God as we are on this epic adventure you talked about and surrendering outcomes to him is something that we'll get better and better at as we see his faithfulness. And he will show us if he wouldn't, he's going to show us the next right thing to trust him with. That's because, right. Because if it was more than that, we would lose mess that dependence up. and that <laughs> yeah, we'd mess it up, but we'd also lose that fresh gift of being able to trust him with the next step in the path. Cause we would know all the steps and we, we lose that posture of humility. Junie, you are so. dropping nuggets. I've got notes from like what you said, who am I without trauma? Um, if, if I can't picture that, uh, then my identity is probably too closely rooted in that um, right. trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, whose couch am I on? Who's my team? Uh, it, and and am I trusting my allies? Am I trusting that team? Uh, mm-hmm. I think those are significant as I'm processing this. Going okay, who whose couch? Am, who is my team? Whose couch am I on? That's an indicator of if I am pursuing growth with a posture of humility, but, and cause it, cause if I'm not trusting allies, I'm not going to have a team. And I think a yeah. really 
check for me this morning is if I think about my team, who is frequently and consistently helping me with objectivity, speak truths, reframe the lies in my life. If I don't have that, I'm probably not in a posture, in a position where I'm trusting my allies because I don't have allies. And, And so I think, man, for all of us listening to this, um, we are on this journey of trauma and sin, which has affected our relationships. Those are, those are rooted in lies. And we need a team to re- replace those lies with truth. And yes. we need to trust that guidance because it will go against the lies. So we're going to push back against it. So the posture of humility in practice, relationally and therapeutically in regards to trusting allies is a, such an amazing definition of how we have a posture of humility, which you have modeled. And the fruit of that is deepening awareness of his, his love, which you have echoed for us. Junie, I want, I want, to, I want to, people to find you at juniefelix.com. Check out Junie. Find her. She's all over. I am so thankful to have you as a new friend and as part of this Divided We Stand study. So go to Right Now Media, go to trueface.org. You can get the study guide to complement the four free video of the panel of which Junie was a part of as we discussed how to love when we disagree. So Junie, I'm going to let you leave us. Uh, <laughs> wrap up this podcast with a prayer, an encouragement, anything you want to leave us with. And I'm so thankful for your new friendship and and your encouragement today. Oh, you're so welcome. And as always with you and me, Robbie, you know, we wander off, we chase some rabbits, but I was excited to be, to, to, to talk about, you know, the trauma journey today, because I'm not ashamed of it. My message to the traumatized and anyone on the healing journey with me is please don't let your trauma become your identity. Mm. You are a believer and you have a new identity in Christ. And even more than visiting websites, Find out who you are in Christ and make the decision to believe. And God will open your eyes to some wonderful things. Just choose to believe because it's not about flipping a switch. It is a journey, you know, but God is willing to come alongside you. And he wants you to stop crawling off that operating table. You know, stay up there. Do the work. You're worth it. Amen. Let it be so. Thanks, Junie. Oh, you're so welcome, Robbie. My pleasure. Bye. Bye now.